0: Welcome to episode five of Buy Pumpkin. Yeah, Princess here. Um, So last week, (laughs) I found myself rambling on about Chick-fil-A, which I often do, ramble, not talk about Chick-fil-A, and about how I don't go there because personally it's a line for me. So, listen guys, the fact is, everything's terrible but for me I can avoid going to Chick-fil-A so I do. If I did not live in this little suburb where Walmart was so convenient and everything else was so inconvenient, I would stop going to Walmart. I think Walmart's terrible. If I can live my life in a way in which I don't go to Walmart, I will do so. Um it's just you know, small choices. And uh like uh like a fan of pop rules. I don't watch fan of pop rules. I think that Vanderpump Rules is a cast of white supremacists, abusive people, and the mentally ill. And they will out a gay person. They will uh, hurl trans insults. um, Excuse me, transphobic insults? I said trans insults. They will do all kinds of things. And all we do is continue to watch them so they can get paid a lot of money. And they can keep living these great lives. And yeah. Even fucking Ariana. And I know you guys are like, Princess. Ariana's the only like cool person on the show, only good person on the show. No, guys. Maybe that's true. Maybe she's the least terrible. But it's like, everybody else is a dumpster and she's a recycle bin. She's still trash. Why? Because she's hanging out with these people and she's furthering their causes and she's supporting them through the things that they do. I think... So I can't watch it anymore. Um... It, for me, things sometimes just build up until I get to a line where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't have an example. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, well, I've been down in the muck, in the dirt, in the mud, in the filth. And I just got to get out of this. Fine. So Chick-fil-A is one of those fucking things. Keep in mind, I am not judging you if you eat Chick-fil-A. I'm not judging you if you watch Vanderpump Rules. I still listen to a podcast that recaps Vanderpump Rules because I really like the person that does it. But um, I personally can't go there. So I started rambling on about fucking Chick-fil-A last week. I did this on a Saturday night. I published on Sunday. And on Monday, Chick-fil-A is releasing press releases about how it's stopping donating to two of its problematic organizations, which are, I believe, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Salvation Army. I believe. I could be wrong about the two that they said. I mean, they donate to so many terrible people. Listen, I got a lot of DMs about this. I got a lot of tweets. I got a lot of people just happen to see me in person going, hey, you heard about Chick-fil-A? Um, I know how much you hate them. The truth is, guys, it is that if you want to eat a Chick-fil-A, go eat a Chick-fil-A. I am not in charge of your Chick-fil-A eating habits. I eat a Chipotle, and Chipotle killed people, I think. Pretty sure. And I don't give a fuck, okay? <laughs> my Chipotle is more important than those people that died, And that's fucked up for me to say. But I'm a trash can too. I'm a trash can too. So what I'm like, and one of my cousins was like, like, I love fucking Chipotle, guys. It's my favorite thing. And one of my cousins was like, what if you die from it? And I was like, well, then I'll be that much closer to heaven. <laughs> I'll be where the Lord intended me to be. With my Chick-fil-A. So leaving a fuck up Chick-fil-A. With my that's probably what people say about Chick-fil-A. Um, so like I'm not judging you guys, I'm a trash can too. I just sometimes I gotta hose myself out and try to, you know, do something good. Um, but anyway, what I want to say about Chick-fil-A, I still won't be going there, and it's mostly because that I still think they're donating to focus on family. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure they are focus on family is fucking terrible. And the fact is that their donations will change, will grow and change over time. They're not ruling anybody out. And the fact is they don't care about whether their money is used for anti-gay um, initiatives. They just, they don't care. And I, if I can't avoid them, I will. I don't want my little six or seven dollars or whatever combo is over there going towards this type of stuff. That's just me. I don't know, maybe you boycott Real Housewives of Potomac because you're like, dude, that Candace is a thug. She beat up Monique, and Monique beat her up back, and now she's trying to... Like, maybe that's your thing. Yeah, and I respect that. I won't talk about it in front of you. So, yeah, um, we're five minutes in, and I've already, you know, um, gotten political. (laughs) I I laugh at that because I don't consider myself a very political person. I really don't. Like, I'm not someone who's, like i um, looking at CNN all the time and it's like, I got to watch these debates and I got to make sure I watch the impeachment hearings. It's not, that stuff stresses me out. I don't, it's, I'm not a very political person in general. I'm not, I try to stay informed as possible for me to do my civic duty and I try to let the shit go because it'll eat you up alive. Um, but I do believe in certain things and when I can, I try to express that through where I spend my money when it's possible. Mm. So let's just get that bit of business out of the way. The other part is, hey, guys, are you following me on Instagram at Podcast with one P for pumpkin? Are you? You need to. Follow me. I make sure I post screen sh- screenshots of all the best moments in the episodes I'm watching so that you can experience them, too. It's a good place to get a hold of me commenting on my um on my uh, pictures. Like, come on, follow me. And after you follow me, just go ahead and give me a five-star review. I don't read reviews. They're not for me. They're for other people looking for podcasts. And I want them, if they're looking for a Flavor of Love podcast this season, because I will not be talking about Flavor of Love for the rest of my life, I don't think I can do it. I just don't think I can do it. If, um, But if someone's looking for a Flavor of Love podcast right now, I want them to, wander over and go, hey, that one's got a lot of five-star reviews. Let's try that one out. This bitch seems crazy. Let's see what she's going to say. Is she going to be talking about Chick-fil-A today? No, I'm not ever going to talk about Chick-fil-A again, guys. Don't want to be a Chick-fil-A is bad podcast. I don't want that's not, to. That's not where I want to die, okay? Ugh. <laughs> but anyway, leave me a five-star review, please. Um, I've been toying with the idea that if you leave me a good five-star review and send it to me, I will read it on the on the air on the air, <laughs> on the podcast, but I don't know. You think that's too, you think that's weird, guys? Let me know. Let me know what you do. Um, So that's pretty much it. Listen, my kids are at school. My husband's at Home Depot or Lowe's, whichever one, I don't care. And I don't know, he's buying something that he's going to fuck some shit up with. And um, I am going to try to record this without any interruptions. Let's see if I can do it. So this week we're doing episode five of Flavor of Love. It's called "What Happens in Flavor Stays in Flavor," which, as you know, is a bastardization of the "What Happens in Vegas" um, slogan. And I mean, who, whichever like ad company came up with that, I'm sure they like. I'm sure they benefited with the "What Happens in" you know. Uh, slogan. I'm I'm sure they benefited a lot from it because it's become ubiquitous. Ugh. Look at that, choking on your big words, princess. It's become all present everywhere you go. People use it all the time. Um, Well, I guess not so much. I guess, like, it's kind of like, you know, passe to be doing a what happens in joke. But in 2006, it was still cool to do that type of shit. So, remember, last week, sweetie was like, bitch, how dare you send me home? Looking like a hip-hop leprechaun. I'm over this, and you are the R-word. And this week, the ladies wake up, um, but not early enough, because Smiley's already, already already up. She's making breakfast, and she goes to the room that Flav pretends to sleep in and serves him. Later, Big Rick brings out the Flavogram and it says they're going to Vegas to be Flave's lucky charm, which is also, like, you know, it's a trope on these shows. They all go to Vegas. I mean, on Rock of Love, they went to Vegas every fucking five minutes. I swear to God um, they all go to Vegas or someplace like that, and so they're get ready, giving the editors another chance to dunk on Hottie's clothes. They ha- The editors do not like Hottie. They just don't. Um, and she's pulling out, like, a, I don't know, like, a white mosquito net to put over a. It's so weird, the stuff she wears. She wears so many clothes that, like, you would get from like the clearance rack of Burlington Coat Factory. Do you guys feel what I'm saying here? Like you go to Burlington Coat Factory and you get these, um, she get like a a skirt suit and which is, which you can recognize. You can recognize it as something that somebody's auntie will wear to church. But then she does something like get a white mosquito net and put it over it, like over the top of it. And I, Hottie astounds me. Hottie makes me speechless sometimes. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Hottie. Um, but we get another chance for the editor to put in Smiley saying Hottie doesn't know how to dress herself. And the look on her face is just like, I don't, I don't get this, I don't understand this, but Hottie's crazy. So all the girls get in their Hummer limo, and they go on a private jet to Vegas. And when they get in the private jet, Well, first of all, there seem, I think, uh, you guys don't, don't quote me on this, but from like LA-ish, when I say ish, you know what I'm saying? I don't think they're in fucking West Hollywood. I think think they're in a suburb of LA or filming this shit. Um, from LA to like Vegas is what, like an hour flight or something like that? When they get in this private jet, there are all these feathers and beads strewn about I think there's money. Is that money? Is that money real? It's like $100 bills. New York puts one in her titty. Like, I don't know. This is the tackiest private plane ever. You know, with a lot of these shows, there's a lot of um, escapism and a lot of, like, wish fulfillment league. You know, um, people... Being like, wow, what if I was on a private jet? Shit like that. I think the only time anybody's been on a private jet and I was really envious of it was... It might have been Yolanda Foster on Beverly Hills. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Because I think hers... When she was with... Well, I think she's back to Yolanda Hadid. But this is when she was Yolanda Foster. And she was married to David Foster. And I think hers was just, like, amazing. Like, it had, like, three bedrooms on the bitch. Like, it was... (laughs) It was like a small apartment. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that's living, girl. The rest of them always seem like, I don't know, like puddle jumpers. I don't know. They just seem small and annoying. And and I'm like, I, I know you don't own that. Because owning a jet, like, let's talk, let's break this down. Let's talk about the fact that they want us to believe that Flavor Flav owns this jet. Guys, owning a jet is such a big fucking commitment. Owning a jet, you know how like there are striations in richness and wealthiness and wealthiness. And yeah, you might be rich enough that sometimes you should go on a private jet, but to be rich enough to own a private jet is a big fucking deal. It there's a lot in upkeep. It just most of the people you see on a private jet do not own a private jet, like Lala's man. Her man, Randog, or whatever his name is, does not own a private jet, regardless of how many rides she gives in a private jet. There are services where you can basically rent private jets, in which, like, it's kind of like Netflix. <laughs> like, you have the opportunity to use a, fly, a private jet. Um, you can schedule it out. There are also places where you can, like, pay by the trip or whatever. And I think that's, Obviously, what's happening here? Production has paid for this trip, or perhaps has gotten part part of it donated in exchange for a sponsorship. Um, I'm sure that if I like read to the end of the credits, there would be a sponsorship from a private jet company. But and the and it's not. I know the girls are playing their part. But I also feel like a lot of them were like, maybe Flav owns a fly a private jet. And I'm like, so that's how not rich you are. Me, I'm a complete fucking poor person. And even I know that if someone owns a jet, like it's theirs only, and they get to take it wherever they want to all the time, they they have a lot of fucking money. a like an ungodly amount of money. Like... I may be pushing it here, but I just don't believe you can have that much money and be a good person. I am <laughs> I just don't be- believe you can. Let me take it back. I, sometimes I don't believe you can have that much money and be a good person. I know you guys are ready to stone me because we live in America where we worship at the altar of get money, bitches. Get money, fuck bitches. Um, but I just don't believe you can have that much money and have clean hands. Completely clean hands. I just don't believe that. So when Creflo 8 dollar is trying to buy a jet, I know whatever the fuck he's doing at that church is fucked up. Because if you got a jet, you've got a lot, a lot of fucking money. All right, let me stop talking about jets. But this is the tacky jet, just so you know. This is the China bus of jets. Um, do you guys know what the China bus is? <laughs> the China bus is, oh God, that's probably, That's a really racist name. But um, that's what... They call themselves okay. I didn't make up with the fucking name. China Bus is are these are these bus companies? Sometimes they'll be called like Go To Bus and various other things um, that run routes from. I feel like they're mostly around New York City and they go to like Boston and where my family lives in Virginia Beach and you know areas that you can get from from New York and Philly, you know. And they're usually run by Asian people. I don't know what kind of Asian people. I'm not gonna sit here and fucking guess. Um they're usually run by Asian people. And I'm just gonna come out and say the buses are ghetto. The buses seem used, they did not they were not bought they were not bought new and then they were running to the ground. Um I've been on them where the bathroom was like overflowing and it smelled like straight hot shit the whole time. I was on a China bus, um, the first time I was on a China bus, because I was, like, leaving New York for the first time, I've left New York many times, (laughs) I was leaving New York for the first time, and in route to Chicago, and I stayed in Virginia Beach for a bit, and I wanted to bring my dog, but I didn't have my car, so I had to get back to Virginia Beach, get my car, drive back to New York, and then drive back to get my, drive to New York, and get my dog, and come back, and, um, and I was like, yeah, they're not gonna let me bring my dog. They keep saying that. But I get on the bus and I'm riding, and like, most of the way, the driver didn't have any fucking shoes on and was like smoking a cigar. It's like this fucker wouldn't have cared if I was if I had a dog on here. Um, they're hilariously racist and stereotypical. Like before you leave New York, a guy gets on the bus selling bootleg uh, uh DVDs. Yeah. And then they often, they, they stop. So when I'm leaving New York and going to Virginia Beach, they stop at like the big rest stops on the toll roads and everything. But I've also been on them where they only stopped at Chinese food restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> this is not stuff I'm saying. This is stuff they did. I was on one. And often, I feel like they're family owned. Because a lot of the times, you see really young people that are probably teenagers doing things, like taking tickets and doing stuff like that. I feel like it's like a family thing where once you get old enough to work, they, they're like, okay, well, you got to come help down at the, you know, the, the, the business. But so one night, I'm going back to New York. This So when I lived in New York City, I the only real thing I miss about living in New York City is that I used to get home to my parents really easily on the China bus. It cost nothing. I mean... It cost me thirty dollars round trip to go eight hours. That's the that's the reason you're going. They're not clean. They don't smell great. People fight on the bitches. But thirty bucks round trip is a steal. I think the most I've ever paid is sixty bucks round trip, and that's still a fucking steal. So, and I used to like if I want to see my parents, I just had to like pack an overnight bag and like you know get on the fucking China bus, buy a ticket online, and go. So. I'm going back. My dad just dropped me off, um, and um, the guy taking the tickets is like, again, six years old, okay, and he seems very polite. And you know, he takes a ticket. He tells me they're running on time. The, guy, the bus will be there soon. Great. So um, I get on the bus to sit down. It stinks really bad, but hey, this is what I paid for. This is what you get for fifteen fucking dollars, bitch. You you want to ride on fifteen dollars? This is what you fucking get. And so, um, after everyone sits down, the guy goes down and double checks you. Make sure there's nobody on the bus who didn't pay. They don't necessarily make you sit in the seat you're assigned, but sometimes they will. So it's going down, it's packed to the fucking gills. And he gets to the lady across from me and he goes, I fucking told you, bitch, you've got to pay for this kid. And the girl goes, this little six-year-old, and he, he wasn't six, I guess he might have been 16. If I found out he was 19, I'd be okay with it. But he was a very young-looking guy. He could have been a very young-looking 19. But if he also showed up in a freshman class somewhere, uh, someone's high school freshman class, I'd be like, yeah, tracks. Fucking tracks. So anyway, he goes, I told you, bitch. And the the woman goes, and I told you. (laughs) pay for her to come down, why should I have to pay her to go back and she's free, and he's, and listen the the, the the website, all that shit clearly states, it's like three and up it might even be two and up has to pay, like you want to sit they need a seat, and also they can't sit on your fucking lap, Do you you gotta pay for the, so they commence to arguing, and I was like whoa, this is not how I thought this was gonna happen he then reaches over and grabs the kid, and starts to yank the kid out of the fucking seat Yes, I said that. He yanks the kid out of the seat. The mom is holding on to the kid by the feet. He's got the kid by the uh, arms and like the shoulders. She's like, No, he's like, No, no, you either pay or she goes outside. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not fucking funny. The thing that made the, the only reason I'm laughing is because at the time I was like, What the fuck? And he's hardcore, he's like, Listen, we throw kids in the street out here in <laughs> the China bus. And the woman finally goes, okay! And gives him like $20 or something. I, I think like if you buy it ahead of time that, I think that particular thing, because I was also going home like a Monday night and never travel on a Sunday night because everybody wants to. So I think like it was like 15 each way if you bought ahead of time and 20 if you bought at the station. And so she gives him like a $20 bill and he just kind of like throws the child back at her and is like, yeah, bitch! <laughs> and then he turns to me and goes, ticket. <laughs> I was like, here's my ticket. Please don't yank me. Please don't yank me down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, I don't ride the China bus anymore. I used to ride it when I was a lot poorer. Or... But the last time I did it, I was. Just... I think that was the last time I did it. I was just like, girl, you too old for this. There's a lot of things I'm too old for. I'm too old for like three layovers on a flight now. And I used to be like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll do six layovers if, it- if I could save $100. And now I'm like, Take the fucking hundred dollars. I can't. And that like tracks with everything. I've always been told that eventually you'll get to a point where like when you're young and poor money, like your time is worth nothing. So you'll do all kinds of shit to save money because you don't have any money and your time is worth nothing. And the older you get, the more you're like, no, 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 no. My, my time is worth shit. And you actually have some disposable income. So like $100 so you don't have to do this is great. Um, <laughs> so I've been on the China bus in maybe, gosh, maybe three years. I know, I just said that like I like I grew out of it 10 years ago. No, it was like three years ago. But I consider it a milestone. Anyway, why the fuck am I talking about? Oh, China bus. This is the China bus of jets. It just seems ghetto and tacky. All right. So, um, Pumpkin's scared of flying and they're all kind of like giving her a lot of attention about it and she's crying and Goldie's like hugging her and shit and she's grabbing on the hoops and they're giving her a lot of sympathy, which is interesting because they could have edited this another way. Like, you know, if they wanted to, they could edit Pumpkin as holding up the, holding up the, um, the flight. And keep in mind, the editors can do a lot in the editing bay. Like they can really all it, change the music and show Flav, like, pacing outside and change it to, like, dun-dun-dun music, then it's, why is Pumpkin holding us up? But instead they played the, I don't know, the sad music and, and showed everyone looking towards her lovingly. Um. So in Vegas, they're staying at the Hard Rock. I said the Hard Rock like I not know what the fuck that is. Like, I feel like people say the Hard Rock when they're talking about Vegas, but I've never been to Vegas. I don't know. I don't... I'm not a Vegas type person, guys. I'm just not. So I can't see myself there. You know what the fuck am I talking about? I am an all-you-can-eat buffet type bitch. You know what? You see, you see what I'm talking about here? Just in that few seconds, I was like, I'm not a Vegas person. And I was like, wait, I am the Vegas person. <laughs> Don't trust me, guys. Don't trust me. So they go to the hard rock. I guess it's a casino and hotel. And Flav, yeah, fucking right. Flav. Has some dresses waiting for them. Hottie says they're a designer but Hottie's a liar. <laughs> also technically everything has a designer. It just depends on whether the designer is only for this brand or whether it's like white labeled or whether they stole the design from somebody else. And technically everything is designer but I understand what she's saying. she She's trying to say they're designers that whose names we would know but I don't know. So I feel like if there were designers whose names we'd know, we would have saw tags that told us, you know, this came from Versace, this came from so-and-so, this came from blah, blah, blah. Notice I, I can't name any fucking designers. I don't know who's making my shit over at Old Navy. I have no idea, but they've got designers working there <laughs> that make shit. So technically, these jeans I'm wearing are designer. <laughs> anyway, they go down to the roulette table because that's Flav's game. Also another lie, probably. He gives them each $100 in 10 minutes, and the one that wins the most money is going to go on a date with him. Hoops is first. By the way, guys, Hoops' hair. <laughs> this is 2006, and you could tell because these girls came very casual. She Hoops' hair is in these little twists and then a scrunchie. A goddamn scrunchie. Hoops is so low-maintenance. And I hope you guys didn't think last week when I was talking about hoops that I was like, and hoops is fucking ugly. Because that's not how I feel about hoops. I actually think hoops is really cute. I'm just saying she's lucky that she's naturally pretty and she's naturally pretty in a hood way and that she could wear a scrunchie and people would be like, that girl's so cute. She's nice. And yeah, she's still like, people still want to fuck her. Because had Pumpkin put on a hoop, put on the hoops, put on a scrunchie. Came down there. People be calling her trailer park trash. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so who lost all her money. So did Hottie, who I realize now is in a flapper outfit. She's fucking crazy. Oyster put all her money on everything red, because she's gonna beat this horse till it's dead, and she ends up uh, losing most of her money. Smiley lost all of her money betting on black, but and then she tongues down Flav, and I felt like it was as punishment. <laughs> Oh, my God. Imagine Flay's tongue in your mouth. Goldie bets on everything and still manages to lose all her money. New York does the grossest dance. If that dance had a smell, it would be baloney. That's what that's, That dance is disgusting. On Flay for good luck. And she wins big and everyone hates it. She blows kisses at them. Like, again, New York is a good reality TV star. Pumpkin is last. And she, she wins some but then loses it all. And every, like I said, everybody wanted Pumpkin to kind of go in there and, like, beat New York. But it wasn't going to happen. Did you guys notice how Big Rick, Big Rick said Miss in front of everybody's name? Like Miss Hoops, Miss, miss Oyster. He's either Southern or, because that's like, I call people Miss all the time. Especially if I don't really know them and they're older than me. Um, like all my kids call like any adult Miss so-and-so, even if they're like, you know very close to them um that's a southern thing i feel like uh but maybe big rick isn't southern and he's just like these girls get absolutely no fucking respect here let me just try to like throw in a little bit of tiny respect to them since they're being disrespected on a nearly daily basis on an hourly basis actually um New York and Flav go off to dinner and New York is in the confessional gloating and saying she hopes to go. the girls feel like shit, but the other girls go to a strip club where everyone gets on a pole for fun. Um, pump, Pumpkin's worried that Red Oyster and Hottie are not telling them because Red Oyster all Red Oyster does is tell on people. She's kind of the sneak of the house. Um, but I don't get it because I see, I thought I saw Hottie and Red Oyster there. Why are they telling you? Also girl, this is on TV. Everyone's going to see it. And I guess in 2006, them going to a strip club was very like, ooh. You know, 2006 was in the middle of the porn starification, or maybe right after the crest of it, the porn starification of America, which, like, you get a Jenna James telling you how to fuck like a porn star. Everybody's going to strip clubs. Um, Everything's really, like, elevated in terms of sex. And um, I think there's a great wave of people... Like there's nothing wrong with being a stripper. I think that if you had done this in '98 or so, someone would have been like, "Strippers, they're disgusting." Like, you know what I mean? Like, I and I think in 2006, someone they're like, "Yeah, I could be sexy on the pole too." I I, I feel like, especially as we get into the Rock of Love years, that being a stripper is not at all frowned upon, and people are taking this is this is back when. Strip club, um, strip clubs were, uh, not strip clubs, but, uh, pole dancing classes, like, for exercise were big. So, I mean, I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. I guess what I'm just trying to say is that I don't understand why they'd be in trouble. This was, like, no one was, was, was like, how dare you go to a strip club right now? Meanwhile, back at dinner, they are, like, eating each other's fucking faces. To the point where editors are using the time-lapse effect to show the kiss lasted for almost nine minutes. I know you guys are like, oh, what's wrong with a nine-minute kiss? I know that some of you are out there saying that. Nine minutes of them chewing on each other's faces. Because that's what they were doing. There was teeth involved. It's a long fucking time. Um, and also, New York says something after they're done doing that. Um... This is her first one-on-one with Flav. You have to think about that. She's never had one-on-one time with Flav Yet she's in love with him. She's crying when he's going out with other people. Think about that. And, I mean, he thinks she's also, like, kind of territorial. I mean, he likes everything she's giving him. But he says, you know, sometimes we're going to be around me. I'm going to have my lips on other women. Why would he have his lips on other women? He's not talking about, like, Give me a fan a kiss on the cheek or like, you know, like a, you know how you do like when you're, it's like cheek kissing, but you don't actually touch anybody. But I think he means like, I might have to get up in somebody else. You're going to have to just take that. Again, this is, this is what I'm saying. He's asking for all this shit. And what does he actually bring to the fucking table? Anyway, he he says he doesn't want to put a leash on him. Someone needs to put a leash on him. She starts to cry and then says she loves him. And the look on his face is like, what in the fuck? What do you mean you love me? Alright, so that's the end of the night in Vegas. Hey guys, um, I had to take a minute there. Well, a long minute. Uh, several hours, actually. Which is not a long minute? What the fuck am I saying? Anyway, I had to take a minute there because my husband busted in the house with... Five children, one of which was urine soaked. So I had to like, psh, psh. Remember I said I hoped I could get everything done before anybody showed back up. I did not complete my task. <laughs> okay, so it's later in the evening in my world. And it's also back at the house for the girls in the show. Um, you know, they're doing their shit, waiting around for a flavor gram. Keep in mind that like they are probably bored to fucking death at that place. Because it's just like a lot of waiting around, a lot of lining up, a lot of go stand in these lines over here while we light you and figure out what the fuck's going to happen next. A lot of we need you dressed and ready right now, but we're actually not going to do anything for six hours. I bet there's a lot of that. Um, So they're just sitting around waiting for a flavor gram, and they're just talking. And Goldie asks Hottie how long her real hair is. Um, and Hottie's like, this is my real hair. Obviously wearing a very bad weave. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a bad weave. It's just like, it's cheap. She's obviously got like a sew-in of some sort. Um, I hope she's not wearing glued in pieces. I mean, that's that would be terrible. But it's really bad. Everyone's looking at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? Your hair looks like a bird's nest. That is not your hair. And she's like, no, this is my entire hair. So basically she's just lying. But again, hottie lies a lot. Um, the flavor gram they get is about Flav's five senses. I think he says six senses and has to correct himself. And the and whether the women can electrify them. And Oyster has to ask what electrifying means. So, Yeah. So, you know, basically you're going to do these tasks and they're all going to be re- related to Flav's five senses. So he starts by sniffing them, blindfolded. Um, he says, pumpkin smells like bacon and hottie smells like mushrooms. And that's a negative because he doesn't like mushrooms. Red oyster smells like spaghetti sauce. Hoop smells like fried rice. <laughs> Goldie smells like fried chicken. Smiley smells like a steak. And New York smells like Broccoli. And New York is in her confessional going, well, you know, broccoli's nutritious and full of vitamins. So I think it's a good, I, you know, obviously he's just making things up, but you know, the funniest part is, is you guys know Flav doesn't have any sense of smell. All the Coke Flav has done. Flav has done a ton of Coke. Okay. He, He can't, he can't smell anything. Um, so the next part is hearing. They have to sing. And God does it fucking hurt to hear them sing. They are terrible at singing. Um, Hadi can kind of sing, though. And Goldie says, there has to be something she can offer to the world. And the gift of song must be it. Um, Next one is sense of taste. So they all give him a body part to taste. It's disgusting. Smiley gave him her tongue. New York was her forehead. And I think Hoops gave him her belly. But I don't know. For touch, he's feeling butts and titties, of course. New York pulled up her skirt and bent over and allowed Flay to touch her colon. I swear to God, he was touching her colon. She he was he was all up in there. He needed to wash his hands after that. Disgusting. Like, this is all disgusting. I <laughs> I want hand sanitizer. This is nasty. <laughs> um so finally they go behind the screen and do like a shadow play so he can use his sense of his sense of sight without knowing who it was but I just don't know how he did that because I could recognize each of the girls behind the screen I don't know how he could he's been in the house with them for I would assume it's been it's got to be almost 2 weeks Well, he hasn't like I said he hasn't been in the house but you know what I mean he's been around them um, <laughs> when Pumpkin was doing her, she was kind of stiff and stuff, and New York was, was like, basically calling her out, and she says, it's like, what's cooking in there? With her eyes, you know how she's got her eyes closed, like, she's fucking high as fuck all the time? But then she pops them open, and goes, and puts her hands out, and goes, nothing. <laughs> New York is funny. New York is fucking funny. Um smiley does her stripper moves which more power to her it looks like she's finally in the game this, this uh, week and she ends up taking off her shirt I didn't realize she took off I felt like in the first run of this she took off a shirt and she had like a t-shirt like a tank top underneath it but that was wrong Um, a lot of the girls had their shirts off and were just doing it in their bras because you know um, if you're looking at silhouette and you've got like kind of a you know a, I don't want to say puffy but like a you know, a shirt that kind of hides your silhouette. Like, it's easier if you're in a bra and, you know, whatever pants you're wearing, you'll get a better, you know, a better look at it. But yeah, she, like, takes off her entire, her entire shirt. So, yeah. um, And she's topless on the other side. Um, New York, <laughs> the only other, like, the only other standout was at New York did her little thing and fell and almost fell to the fucking screen. Everyone was laughing. Um, so obviously Smiley wins in this. Um, she did the best overall. It was obvious throughout the whole thing. Uh, Smiley says she hasn't been on a date in seven years and do I believe that? <sighs> yeah. I can imagine that she has not gone on a lot of quote unquote dates. I can imagine she meets a lot of guys but they don't necessarily go out on dates and stuff. Um, here's the thing. She didn't say she hadn't had any dick in seven years. She, she seemed very careful to say that. You know, whenever I talk about, um, what I'm going to do after my husband dies. Cause he will die uh, before me. My my luck, I'll die first. Cause I always talk about how he's going to die before me. Anyway, when my husband finally dies, I intend to never be married again. I intend to like, like no one's ever going to live with me again. And when I tell people that they're like, oh, you're just gonna live your life alone. I was like, no, I didn't say I wasn't gonna have sex. I didn't say I was gonna be, I wasn't gonna be fucking. I just said no one can live with me and I'm not gonna get married. Those those are two separate things. And Smiley is like very careful to be like, I haven't been on a date. All right, Smiley. <laughs> like, you're not in a convent either. Like, I'm sure you're like, you know, enjoying yourself out in these streets. Um Red Oyster and Hottie are in the kitchen, like, while while Flav and uh, Smiley are on their date. And uh, Red, Red, I almost said Red fucking Lobster. Red Oyster asks Hottie who she thought was going home. Hottie says, now, remember, Oyster says, who do you think is going home? And Hottie says, who I'd like to go home is New York. And that's when the camera pans to New York, who's sitting across from them. I didn't see New York in that room beforehand. So I was like, whoa. So she's just like there. And you're just talking about her. New York felt the same way. She was basically like, listen, you're not going to fucking talk about me. Like I'm not sitting right here. And Hottie kind of backpedals. And it's like, well, you know, you're my biggest competition. But I, she didn't. if she were to ask me, she's asking me who's going to go home. And I don't think it's going to be you. And in that moment, I very much felt New York because she was like, you know, you're trying to sugarcoat it now, but hurry the fuck up because I'm not going to give you all my fucking energy. I'm going to get ready for this elimination. I'm going to eat my food and get ready for this elimination. So I'll hurry up with this bullshit. And I felt this way. I was like, okay, well, it's not, I mean, I didn't notice New Yorkers in the room, but it's not like you didn't notice New Yorkers in the room. She's like, like, Heidi could have been eating her food with her? It's, it's, they're right together. So basically they start arguing and talking over each other. And that's when we get New York's Infamous New York is in the motherfucking house. That line that everyone thinks of with New York. How she's kind of you can't see me, but I'm like shaking my head back and forth I got my arms out. New York is in the motherfucking like <laughs> like fucking ridiculous. Um, and Hottie leaves. She's like over it. Although the editing's a little off in that, so I feel like. I don't know. It didn't seem like she just left as soon as New York said that. And as soon as Hottie left, Red Oyster was like, that's the first time I've ever seen her leave. Because I guess, I mean, a lot of people don't like New York. A lot of people think she's competition. But I think a lot of people hate Hottie. Like, hate Hottie. Um, So it's elimination time. And Smiley's the first to get her clock. She's done the best this week. Then Bumpkin and Hoops and Goldie... And then it's down in New York, Oyster and Hottie. Okay. And at this moment, that's when Red Oyster asks if she can sp- ask if she can speak. And she says, she basically says, I need to go home. Her, like everyone thought she was about to rat someone out, because that's kind of what she's been doing since she got in the house, like just telling people. But apparently before the elimination, she got a message on, you know, the, the house phone that they have. Saying that her father but from her friend saying her father had been in a car accident. And I'm assuming she called the person back and got like news because there's footage in a flashback of her like speaking to someone. <sighs> Guys, I don't know how real this is. Like, I feel like it's real she had to go. It's not something crazy that she did. That would have given her a reason to go, like, producers would be like, well, she can't be here anymore. Because they've, in the past, they've broken the fourth wall to, like, tell us things like that. Well, excuse me. In future seasons, which is the past of now, but the future of when the show is, of the show's timeline, they're not afraid to break the fourth wall for stuff like that. I guess, I guess, like, if let's let's talk about, let's break it down. Like, let's say you got a call saying your father was in a terrible car accident. First of all, they're not going to leave a message on that line. That's something that someone has to contact. And production would, that's the type of thing that production would have to take you aside and be like, listen, just got a call from so-and-so and and they're saying your father's ill, blah, blah, blah. But I guess they didn't want to, they didn't want to show it to us that way. Fine. So... Instead, they instead they do it to where she's got a message and you call someone back. But even if it's ten minutes before elimination, right? Would you still go through elimination? When you just go pack yourself and go? Now that I think about it, maybe I don't know where Red Oyster's from, but maybe Red Oyster. Like, she had a flight out. I know, you know what? I'm not even entertaining the idea that they flew people out because that's not the way this budget was set at the beginning. Um, or maybe she had the flight. Maybe, okay, maybe she's from, L- she lives in the L.A. area, and that's how she got on this show because that's what happens the first season of a lot of casting because, you know, budget. But her father lives in a different state, and she knew, like, the first thing she did was get a flight. But even though she's got a flight, she can't leave until, like, I don't know. Let's say it's 5 p.m. when they're or 4.30 when they're doing this. Her flight's not going to leave till 9 tonight. Or it's not going to leave until the morning. That's the best flight she can get. And so, yeah, she has time to go through the elimination and all that shit. Because the elimination is long. I mean, it's, it's five, 5, 6, maybe 10 minutes if it's, like, a lot of shit's happening during the elimination on the episode. But it's probably hours standing there, like blocking, um, resetting for shit, uh, redoing lines when the girls are giggling because Flav is talking like he got some money, like shit like that. And so like, even if you got it 10 minutes for the elimination, elimination is hours long. Who the fuck would sit there for the fucking elimination? Especially you don't know what's going to happen in elimination. So you're like, like, this could be the episode where somebody... Spits on someone. It's coming. It's coming. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, you would not just just sit around and not tell anybody and then go to the elimination. That's not how it will work. But now that I've talked myself into it, I'm like, okay, maybe she talked to production and, you know, she's going to go. But she can't leave till the morning anyway because of, like, her own specific plans. And they're like, okay, well, let's just shoot the elimination and you tell everyone you got to go. And this way we can cap off. Story for the show. Flay gives her a speech and basically is like, we're here for you. If you need anything, let me know. Everyone gives her hugs and everything. When she gets to Hottie, Hottie's like, this is the exact same thing happened to me in college. And Red Oyster says, shut up, bitch. Don't make this about you. <laughs> and I giggled so fucking hard. Like, you know, a lot of people who don't like if You know, somebody you don't like says something to you during a, during a time like that. You're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, you're just like, oh, I'm not dealing with this. But to have Red Oyster be like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it hilarious. Um, All right. So, Red Oyster leaves. Flav ends the elimination. Basically, he, he ends the elimination ceremony right then and there. And he pours champagne on the floor for... Red Oyster's family, which, again, on a carpet inside, gross. Um, And he's just like, yeah, let's just have the champagne toast. And New York's upset, and she looks upset, and Flav asked her, like, what's going on? How's it going? Uh, You know, how you feeling? And, which I totally believe was producer-driven. Producers were like, ask New York why she's mad. And so um, she's like... I wanna know was I gonna get a clock? Cause she cause remember it was down to well, let me back up. It was down to Red Oyster, Hottie, and New York. And he told Red Oyster when she was leaving that she would have gotten a clock that night. Like he was gonna keep her. But so that means that either Hottie or New York wasn't gonna get a clock. And New York is wondering if she was the one that wasn't gonna get a clock. She wants it, she wants it to be said. She's like tell Heidi that she's the only reason she's fucking here is because Fred Oyster left. So, um, yeah, and, and what Flav tells her is he's got, like, his big lots, imitation silk pajamas. You know those pajamas are made out of, like, po- shiny polyester. When my dad used to go on deployment, he would, like, buy us all kinds of things. And... One year he was in the Philippines. All right. So he was buying all like this tourist type shit. Just stuff to bring back and say. Here you go. And you know what? I'm pretty sure he bought a lot of that shit like on a different base, just not our, just not the R base. And he came back with these like <sighs> Chinese inspired pajamas for me. Like, like the like the maybe I'm saying this wrong, the mandarin collar type thing. Like, and they had oh, buttons in a weird place. Anyway, I love these fucking pajamas. and I put these pajamas on. And he also, I don't know if he came back with it, but I realized my parents had, like, what I thought was a silk sheet set, which is ludicrous that they didn't have a silk sheet set. First of all, I'm having a hard time even saying silk sheet set. But they didn't have one. Um, it's, again, polyester. And I slept on the top bunk. Um, this is, like, in the early fucking days of my parents, like, being married. And so, like, we lived in, like, a two-bedroom townhouse with me and my two brothers. And my stepbrother lived with his mom. And we had a bunk bed in that fucking room and a, and a twin bed, which we thought was huge. We thought it was a fucking king-size bed, but whatever. And stuffed in this little room. And I slept on the top bunk of the uh, bunk bed. And I took off my Sesame Street ABC fucking sheets. By the way, my parents still own those sheets. Because what? maybe five years ago before they bought their latest house, I was staying at their house for some fucking reason. I was visiting... It's probably that time I took the fucking China bus down. And I was staying in their guest room. This is when they lived in their condo. I was staying in their guest room and they had a trundle bed. And I, it was like a day bed with a trundle beside it. So I, you know, pulled up the trundle bed and pulled it up so I would have a bigger bed. And when I did that, I saw that that twin side of that fucking trundle bed had those sheets on it. Like, what are they? Fucking super hoarders? What the fuck? I even said to my mom, I was like, D- I slept on these sheets in the second grade, motherfucker. I slept on these sheets. I remember these fucking sheets. And she's like, oh, those can't be the same sheets. I was like, these are the sheets. Why are they on this bed? This is a guest room, not a child's room. Well, my nieces slept in that room a lot when they came to visit. Anyway, I'm getting off subject. So I go over to my top bunk and I take off my Sesame Street letter sheets and put on these silk, quote-unquote silk sheets that I'm just in love with, right? They don't fit a twin-size bunk bed either. I'm tucking shit in and I'm I'm making it work. I'm going to fucking make it work. I'm like, great. I've got all my silk pajamas. I've got got my silk sheets. I'm doing great. I get myself a little book. I think it was Charlotte's Web. I was really obsessed with that book. I was reading it over and over again. And I climb up the bunk bed. I get in the bed. I position myself. Um, I go to turn over and I slide right the fuck out of that bunk bed. <laughs> Too much shiny shit. Shiny sheets and shiny pajamas don't go together. <laughs> oh, was I hurt. It wasn't the first time I fell off that fucking bunk bed. It wasn't the last. But my brothers had a good long laugh at it. A good long laugh at it. <laughs> Cause here I was being fucking fancy with my books and my... And I think I also had like, my dad had got my mom like a little tea set, but it wasn't like a tea set you use. It was like a tchotchke where it was just like, it was like a a miniature teapot, like very small teapot and very small cups and plates, right? That all go together. And I don't, I don't know. sounds ugly now, but the time I was obsessed with it and I would go downstairs, I, it was in my mother's room. And I would go downstairs and put hot water and like I don't know a couple of spoons of sugar in the teapot and 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 turn and like swirl it around like stir it up and then put it in the little tiny cups and serve myself tea all the time. But I have to do it while my mom was asleep, so I'd be sitting next to her bed. My mom like this time my mom was like, Jesus, my mom might have been 26, 27 years old, and she you know, she slept in on the weekends, and so I just sit next to her bed making sh- hot sugar water over and over and drinking it. Fuck no wonder I'm fat. Anyway, so they were already making fun of me because I kept doing this shit with the, with, the, with the tea, with the little tea set that was not meant for drinking. It was literally meant to be on a shelf somewhere. And then I just taken it upon myself to put on my silk pajamas and my silk sheets and lounge in the bed reading about Wilbur's life. fools <laughs> How the fuck did I start talking about that? <laughs> oh, I remember. So the pajamas <laughs> that Flav has on with his fucking tacky-ass crown look like they are made of the same fucking material. They don't seem comfortable. <laughs> and But he's wearing that. He's kind of got his head to the side. And he goes, you know, so New York's all sad over there. He's like, you know what I'm going to say? If you was going to get a clock, you was going to get a clock. If you wasn't going to get a clock, you wasn't going to get a clock. What the fuck does that mean, Flav? What the fuck does that mean? Like, I admit, again, you guys, you guys know that I really think New York is the bad bitch of the early aughts that brought us what what we're watching now. The women of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City can thank fucking New York for doing her thing on TV and making a show where women bitch at each other like this possible. I talked about it again how you can draw a straight line from her to Nene Leakes, and Nene Leakes is the iteration of the housewives that that we're all that all our things are based on now. You can go back to watch the first season of the Real Housewives of Orange County. That ain't no show, like nothing we're watching right now, guys. That ain't shit. It's a whole different fucking show. That was like proto Housewives. That was Housewives when the first sale divided and they were like, well, what should we become? That's fucking, that's the type of Housewives that was. So you guys know, I think New York is a bad bitch. She got demon edits in ways that I was like, okay. Now I'm like, that wasn't exactly fair. But I'm fully aware, I'm fully willing to admit that, like, she's over emotional. She's claiming fault closest that she does not have. And she can be annoying sometimes, okay? She can be fucking annoying. And so, yeah, I can see myself being annoyed with her in that moment. Like, like just be grateful you're still here, bitch. Instead of harassing us about which um, whether or not you are going to get a clock, just be happy you're still here, bitch. Just be happy that you live to fight another week. So I can see that. But at the same time, I'm like, she's not wrong. She wants to know, was her, was her ticket being punched tonight? And is she only getting to stay here because Red Oyster left? Because that may make her feel a little differently about things. The truth is, when somebody doesn't want you, that sometimes makes you feel a little differently. Me, I enjoy people that want me. If you don't want me, you're automatically ugly to me. So <laughs> the moment you're like, I'm not into Prince. I'm like, well, you're ugly. I wasn't into you either. So you understand what I'm trying to say here? Like, give her a fucking break, Flav. Um, New York downs like a bunch of champagne. That's probably edited in, but it looks like she's like, fuck it. <laughs> and that's for the end of the show. Next week we're getting Gita. And hopefully next week, I'm going to have a guest. I remember I promised you last week. Listen, I'm going to try to get some guests on here. But um, with the holiday coming, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do so. And then next year, next year, next week is um, Thanksgiving weekend. And I'm not going to do a show that weekend. I'm not going to make myself do it. Um, Sorry. But there will be a Spelling Tea show on Tuesday. So you'll definitely get that. And there should be a bonus episode over on um, well, previously unnamed, uh, Patreon for Patreon subscribers. Um, so you're going to get plenty of content from me if you're listening to me, but you're not going to get a Buy Pumpkin show next Sunday. Sorry about it. And when I get back from that holiday break, hopefully I can get some guests on here. I'm going to have Liz Bentley. Yes. I'm going to have Kara on here. I'm going to have Troy. I'm going to have Tomlin. I'm going to have I'm not going to say her name because I don't know how she wants to be sent, but I'm going to have a therapist on here. Have I asked any of these people? No. (laughs) None of these people know that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have these people on my show, but I'm going to have some people on my show. So the next time you see me, so you won't see me next Sunday. Well, you never see me, do you? Never, right? This is a fucking podcast. So you're not going to hear me next Sunday, but when you come, when the next time you do hear me, I'm going to have a friend with me. Okay. And if that has to be, my fucking four-year-olds then that's what's gonna have to fucking be but until then